Welcome to It's Lit Time with Dr. Tess. I'm Tess Martinez. I'm an English teacher. And on this podcast, we talk about anything that has a storyline from epic film trilogies to picture books. This is the show where literature gets lit. Welcome to It's Lit Time with Dr. Tess. We are here on Thanksgiving Day and we're going to talk about zombies. And those two things are actually related um, because um, I'm here with family. I'm here with my mom, Vicki Stockslager, and my brother, Mark Stockslager, who are big zombie fans. But I'm going to let them tell you about that. So who wants to go first? Well, I mean, I'll, I'll talk first, but it starts with both of us, I think. Uh, my love of zombies comes from you and your interest in zombies, you know, before me and owning a Night of the Living Dead VHS tape and not wanting me to watch it because I was too young (laughs) and then kind of trying to sneak it and then I had you watch it with me, Night of the Living Dead, and then it kind of goes from there and we just, over the years, you know, bonded all through George's movies and all that stuff, so it started with that VHS tape. True, true, very true. Um, I can't remember exactly when my interest in zombies started and why I sought out Dawn of the Dead in 1978, but I, it was in Johnstown. We lived in Myersdale. That was kind of a journey at that point to go from Myersdale to Johnstown. And I talked my older brother, well, he's a baby brother, but he's the older of the two, Ron into (laughs) going with, and, uh, ever since then we've been, it's like, wow. Zombies, yes, got to be a part of that whole culture. So tell the listeners about the uh, Living Dead weekends that you guys go to. So we started going to these uh, conventions geared specifically towards Romero and in a Romero-adjacent things. Um, A few years into us moving up to near Pittsburgh. I think it was the year after we moved up. Okay, the year after, and we missed seeing George Romero himself there. He, he passed away before we ever got, gone to a convention, but they, they held him in Evan City, and now they're doing him in Monroeville a lot, and just you get to meet really cool people and people who were involved in the movies, and really kind of just like forge kind of almost uh, friendships and relationships with uber fans alike and people that were in these movies, and it was a really cool experience. Yeah. And for those of you who don't know exactly what we're talking about, we're first of all, we're talking, I think you said Pennsylvania. We're talking about Pennsylvania, Western Pennsylvania, Pittsburgh area, um, where the, at least the first several films of George A. Romero were filmed. Mm-hmm. Um, our topic for today is actually George A. Romero and his influence on zombie cinema. We're going to look at where the concept of a zombie came from and how George Romero's films change that and really establish what most of us think of when we think about zombies today. So um, I want to give credit to Mark because he did a lot of research on this and wrote us some pretty robust notes here that we're going to be working from. Um, so, oh, and I guess I should say for my for myself, I don't have the zombie street cred that these guys do, but um, I have been a uh, Walking Dead TV show faithful fan um, since almost the beginning. Um, and I have seen George Romero's zombie films. And I uh, think I mentioned this on a podcast before. I wrote a zombie novel, Samstown, mm-hmm. which uh, I want to talk about a little bit in here because um, I had some thoughts about it. So um, that's I'm, I'm mostly just here as a interviewer and uh, um, here to learn, but I'll have a couple things to contribute as well. So let's start off with where the word zombie comes from and what 
it originally meant. You want to start us off, Mark? Sure. I, so I don't know the, the the exact etymology of the word zombie. That's what would have been cool to look up. But basically, zombies in films started out um, through like kind of Haitian folklore. Um, they were reanimated through like magic and voodoo, and oftentimes. And I can't really, I wouldn't say I'm an expert on this because I haven't seen these early, early zombie movies like I Walk With a Zombie or White Zombie. But basically it seems like it was some kind of evil mastermind um, reanimating these corpses for his gain. Mm -hmm. And I want to say it was kind of a thinly veiled allegory for racism, especially Mm -hmm. in in slavery. In slavery, Mm -hmm. I should say. Because, um, you know, it was often in uh, like a third world country. Uh, people of color, the, you know, the natives of that land, and it was often, a, you know, a, a colonizer, a white man doing this stuff. This isn't always the case, but that's kind of where that originally um, was coming from. Hmm. So. That's interesting. Doesn't Scooby Doo on Zombie Island kind of tap into that uh, tradition? Yeah, like stuff? Louisiana, you yeah. know, voodoo and stuff like that. Yeah, I, again, it's something that I didn't. If I had done my research fully, I would have included your book in there and sure. in Zombie and Scooby Doo on Zombie yeah. Island in the in the influenced items later. Yeah. Yeah. So okay, so in the the dates that you have on some of these uh, movies here that we're talking about pre Romero. Uh, 1932, 1943, 1959, mm-hmm. 1964. Um, so that brings us up to close to Night of the Living Dead. Right. Um, so, oh, and I wanted to talk about this. Oh, it's I think it's later on your your. Um, uh, outline here, but you're talking about that the corpses are reanimated by some kinds of means, and we don't always know what it is. Mm-hmm. And I think you said later on here that it's scarier. Yeah, right here, yeah. it's scarier mm-hmm. when we don't know. And I, I agree with that. I um, uh, when I was in my writing group, when I was working on Samstown, there were a couple people that said, "Oh, your readers are going to want to know where the zombie apocalypse came from." And I said, "No, yeah. I'm not really. I mean, maybe, maybe some will, um, but." In my story, it was more just an inevitability. You know, my characters were zombie fans, and they're not surprised when the zombie apocalypse finally starts. (laughs) And um, I don't think it matters as much. If you were living through that, I don't think you'd care as much how it started. You would just care that, like, it's happening now, and this is our new reality. So, Mom, have you seen any of these... These the movies. Old ones? Yeah. No, I haven't. I didn't watched. think so. Yeah. I've seen scenes from them. Mm-hmm. But not I feel like Plan Nine from Outer Space. I think they show clips of that at the Sci-Fi uh, Diamond yeah. at Disney World. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. All right, so George Romero. Um, let's talk about you guys. Talk about him. <laughs> Wait, Mom, do you want to talk about like you know his beginnings and? Well, um, Leighton 10, isn't that the company? Leighton Image, Layton. and then it's, it's morphed into something 10, like Image 10, I think. Okay, okay. They were, I think, just looking for a way to make money mm-hmm. and kind of stumbled into the horror genre because they thought it would be commercially profitable. Mm-hmm. Right. It wasn't anything like he said, I am always going to make zombie movies or right. horror movies. He kind of got stuck in that. I think he wanted to make different kinds of movies, mm-hmm. but it after a while that's all people expected from yeah him. they were doing a lot of like commercials and, mm-hmm. and you know things for like industrial companies around mm-hmm. pittsburgh and then like you said it's like hey let's let's make a little bit of money and at that time like you know the 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 sci-fi horror the drive drive-in movies that you would see mm-hmm. you know you make them for really cheap and you make a ton of money off them and that's like what they were thinking let's do and so they came up you know that's where the beginnings of night of the living dead came from 
Okay, so Night of the Living Dead came out in 1968, so that's just a few years after um, these zombie films that you were talking about here, which, I don't, I mean, would it be accurate to call these older ones B-movies? Uh, for, for the most part, yeah. Yeah. Maybe yeah. Maybe Yeah, yeah. So, okay, so you talk about ghouls here. That's the original term. Now, I don't remember this because I've actually only ever seen Night of the Living Dead once. Do they call the reanimated corpses anything in that story? Like, do people refer to them by a name? So, ghouls was the main term that they were using. Okay. Um, I don't believe the word zombie was used until Dawn of the Dead. Okay. For him, at least. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so the, the, they're like, hey, what's our what's our kick going to be? What's our twist going to be? What are our reanimated corpses or our ghouls going to do? And they're like, well, they could eat people. That hasn't been done before. Mm-hmm. And so they kind of just came up with it, him and, and John Russo, who was his writing partner on this movie. And little did they know, like, that one decision is going to change pop culture forever. So they kind of just came up with that. Yeah. So George Romero came out with uh, these six films you have listed here, which I guess I've only seen the first four. Um, Night of the Living Dead, 1968, which was in black and white. I don't know. I mean, for those who are listening to this that have never seen any of these movies, maybe we should give a little bit of just a really, really brief synopsis and kind of like the feel of each movie. Uh, Night of Living Dead, 1968, very stark, very cheap, black and white. Shot in black and white, not because they had to, but because, or, um, it was common, it was common to shoot in color, but they were just, again, saving money. Mm-hmm. Um, thinly veiled allegory about, like, the Vietnam War mm-hmm. and, you know, if we don't come together, we're going to fall apart. Um, but yeah, just relentless, claustrophobic, terrifying. And it was well known because he cast a black actor is the lead. Yeah. Right. And it wasn't that he wanted to make a statement, I am going to cast a black actor. He was just, Dwayne Jones was the best actor that he mm-hmm. auditioned. Yeah. That's interesting. How about Dawn of the Dead, Mom? Dawn of the Dead, totally different. I mean, it's more of a comic book kind mm-hmm. of, there's even pies in people's faces <laughs> at one point in, yeah. in the movie. And uh, uh harsh critique of consumerism mm-hmm. and uh, takes place in a mall takes yeah. place in yeah. Monroeville Mall yes. yeah. <laughs> I think that's kind of one of the maybe that's the main thing that was like drawing you to that movie in the first place like oh cool they're shooting a, a movie in the mall you know it might have been I had never been to Monroeville oh, okay. at that okay. point in my life but yeah that's probably but I'm, I'm just wondering how I even saw ads for it and everything because it was didn't it get an X rating Dawn of the Dead? It was originally rated X. They took some scenes out, and it was unrated when they released it, I, I want to say. Uh, and then Day of the Dead in 1985 um, didn't get a lot of love on its first release. It's it's becoming more and more beloved as the years go on, but it's uh, kind of a, I don't know what the allegory is, but it's just about, again, like fighting with each other and coming together kind of a critique of like this kind of hard military um, thing um, but it takes place in a bunker underground mm-hmm. um, and it's where to kind of first introduce like you know thinking zombies or remembering zombies mm-hmm. but it's it's definitely one of my favorites mm-hmm. and then Land of the Dead is his kind of big budget George mm-hmm. Romero's mm-hmm. big budget movie he was at, able to cast actors that you actually heard of um not to say that the other lesser known actors were bad, mm-hmm. but it was just like, oh, I recognize that person on the screen, Simon Baker. Um, and it again continued the zombies can think 
you know. Yeah. And yeah. you'll notice there's 20 years between yeah. day and land. You know, zombies at that point, like early aughts, nobody really was interested. And then um, Shaun of the Dead and then um, uh, Zack Snyder's remake of Dawn of the Dead yeah. came out before land. And it kind of brought zombies back into people's minds. Mm -hmm. And so that's why it's kind of weird that the movies that he inspired was able to get him the ability to make another movie. Uh, And so that's why he was able to make Land is because zombies were, people thought they were cool again because of those movies. And then he made Diary of the Dead in 2007, maybe my least favorite of the the Mm -hmm. Romero zombie movies. It's kind of a reimagining of the first days of the apocalypse. Okay. Um, and it's a um, first-person camera, kind mm-hmm. of a Blair Witch Project mm-hmm. t- type movie. Um, it has its merits for sure, but probably my least favorite, probably some of the worst acting and writing of his. Mm-hmm. And the characters just weren't memorable. Yeah. George is so good about helping you get behind a person or hating a person. Right. And these characters kind of were, were. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then I honestly never heard of Survival of the Dead. What's that one like? Uh, do you know much? Okay, so I, so Survival of the Dead, uh, I think it's, it, again, it's not the, his best writing or characters, but it's an interesting concept. It takes place on an island mm-hmm. off the coast of somewhere, Scotland? <laughs> but it, it's, it's very Hatfields and McCoys. There's two mm-hmm. feeding families on this island. Um, and then, you know, trying to take care of the zombie thing. One family says, you got to kill them. The other family says, we got to save them because there might be a cure and they're our family mm-hmm. members. So they're feuding over that. Very kind of Walking Dead, yeah. Herschel type yeah. stuff. Mm-hmm. Um I think it's pretty. I think it's pretty fun. I like that one. Yeah. So you used the word apocalypse a couple of minutes ago, Mark, and I wanted to talk about the setting of these because most of the time nowadays, when we think about zombie movies, we're not just thinking about the zombies themselves, but the whole world has kind of fallen apart. I mean, I think The Walking Dead has really influenced that a lot. And so when you watch a zombie movie or you know consume any sort of zombie media, you don't just expect there to be like flesh eating people walking around, but you also are thinking about like. You know, the electrical grid is down and like all civilization as we know it is gone. Now, from my memory, that that is happening in George Romero's movies. But the first couple, you don't really see a lot of that because it's all like Night of the Living Dead pretty much takes place in a house, mm-hmm. right? One single house. And I think towards the end, you find out that this is going on in other places, too. But you don't really know that right. um, at first. So when did that change? I guess like when did they start becoming these big sprawling apocalyptic stories so and i think that's a good question and i think i kind of use that word maybe incorrectly in Mm -hmm. george's sense because i don't think he ever really had the a budget or b Mm -hmm. the interest in telling the worldwide Mm -hmm. view of it you just got these glimpses like you Mm -hmm. said at the end of the night living dead this is happening everywhere and day of the dead they're like we can't get anybody on the radio Mm -hmm. we can't reach washington dc we might be the only people left Mm -hmm. but it's always how it affects the characters we're seeing on the screen in this smaller story versus the bigger picture. Am, yeah. I, am I accurate in that? I'd say that's yeah. true. Yeah. The Land of the Dead take place in a big city. I feel like it's like New York. It was or... filmed in Canada, but it was okay. supposed to be Pittsburgh. Yeah, okay. there's this whole Fiddler's Green thing where it's yeah. like this downtown place that they built up and kept all the zombies out. Okay, and the that's rich right. people stayed there. So yeah, yeah, Land of the Dead is kind of like the a take on capitalism and the rich versus the poor mm-hmm. and stuff. Yeah. Wasn't the bat, main bad guy his last name Kaufman? Kaufman. And that's a big Pittsburgh yeah. thing. Kaufman's oh. downtown. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Okay. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. This is this is very interesting. All right. So, let's talk about when people think of a zombie. 
um, they think of certain things, and some of these are uh, characteristics that Romero introduced. So let's talk about what some of those are. So yeah, um, and and he didn't maybe originate a lot of this mm-hmm. stuff, but like you know, you talk about the slow moving because he never really liked the fast zombie. You see those mm-hmm. in other movies. Mm-hmm. Um, they talk about recently dead in Night of the Living Dead. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, flesh eating was his idea. Uh, afraid of fire. I don't know if he kind of kept that throughout the trilogy or the the all the movies, but he kind of it was a thing in, in Night of the Living Dead for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the whole idea of do they can they think can they remember um, Day of the Dead's Bub does that mm-hmm. uh, Big Daddy and Land of the Dead to even a greater extent, and then some of the zombies in um, Survival of the Dead like literally are thinking huh. and, and riding horses and things like yeah. I mentioned. Um, so he's always kind of played around with that, you know, what can they remember? And I feel like a lot of people have taken that idea and run with it. I think we've seen that in The Walking Dead sometimes too. Mm-hmm. Like, what can they remember? Yeah. Yeah, and a lot of times, too, uh, it's the other way, too. Like, the characters see a zombie that they knew and have some sort of, you know, either they don't want to kill them Mm -hmm. or, you know, they try to bring them back or something like that. So, yeah, that's really interesting. So, okay, now, so you, do we talk about Russo at all? So Russo's afterwards, and we don't have to spend a ton of time in it, but I thought I'd throw in there a little bit of the backstory on that where, um, he was his co-writer on Night of the Living Dead mm-hmm. and he wanted to go one direction with this IP and George wanted to go a different way so they decided okay Russo owns Living Dead George owns the dead mm-hmm. and so he made he um, came up with the story for Return of the Living Dead mm-hmm. and um, there's a, a character in there called Tarman he's a, the main zombie and he, he talks about brains Okay. and so like these days if you ask somebody what a zombie eats they say brains, brains Yeah. you know and that's kind of where that came from I'm like yeah, zombies can eat whatever they get their hands yeah. on but because of this people think of brains right. so I just threw that in there right yeah that's really interesting. And that they say brains. They talk about it, and then one, yeah, they go, you know, send more cops. Because, like, like, you know, they, they attack the, the police. And, and so it's it's comical, you know, it's yeah. supposed to be. Okay. So speaking of brains, mm-hmm. though, uh, is it true that in Romero's zombie mythos, which is also true of The Walking Dead, you have to disable their brain? You have to either stake them in the brain or shoot them in the brain or whatever to get them yeah, When was that introduced? Was that introduced in Night of the Living Dead? I don't remember in Night. No, I don't. I remember it in Dawn, but I don't remember it in Night. I, yeah, I just feel like at some point they're shooting, you know, out of the house and, and you know, they take a couple in the chest, but then as soon as you get them in the head, they go down. I feel like that's as early as Night of the Living Dead where that's okay. introduced. Okay. And then later on that was explained, like in The Walking Dead, for example, that there's some sort of, you know, illness that's triggering their brain, even though they're not alive, they, you know, it's triggering their nervous system or whatever. But I think even without that explanation, I think it's still effective. So, um, and then you also said here that Russo zombies are usually a little bit more lively and limber. They're maybe a little bit faster. Um, I don't know if they're as fast as like the, um, what was that, um, the World War Z movie zombies, which in the book, they didn't talk about the zombies being no, fast. No, they were, they were more of a zombies <clears throat> yeah. in that book. I can't believe I didn't put World War Z in my, <laughs> you know, influences too, but that was a mm-hmm. huge one. That was a good book. Yeah. I read that recently. Yeah. Okay. So that's, so, okay. So we've gone from, you know, a voodoo 
basically enslaved reanimated corpse who is doing the bidding of whoever's controlling them mm-hmm. to these people who and and actually I think in, in voodoo too um, or in the original concept of a zombie a lot of times it was just one zombie whereas now with Romero it's usually like a whole horde of them um, and of course they just keep increasing because they keep turning oh that's another that's thing we didn't talk about how do yeah. they turn them that's the, so yeah you, yeah you just saying that it's like oh yeah um, he basically like you know they would basically create a little army for them a lot of times in these early movies it's like so they can mine something or you know work for him at his estate hmm. but but yeah there's no like spread of it yeah. but yeah I um I don't know where exactly or when exactly the whole idea of if you were um, bitten by a zombie that will turn you because in Romero's world I want to say that as soon as you die you're going to come back. It's the bodies of the recently dead mm. are returning to life and eating the flesh of the living. So you don't necessarily have to be bitten. Whereas in The Walking... Wait, I check that. No, in The we're Walking Dead, we're all infected. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. That was a yeah. great moment. Yeah. So, okay. So now, and that's, I think that's one reason why I think zombies are so scary is that they swarm. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I, I mean, I could go off on this. I, even, even with like insects in my house, like I can mm-hmm. handle one, but if there's like a whole swarm mm-hmm. of ants, I'm going to freak out. So the same thing, I think that's one reason why zombies are so compelling and scary is that they're, they just keep multiplying. And of course, yeah, they eventually would outnumber the living people. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So, uh, so we've got, so we've gone from, an earlier concept of a zombie to I think a much different um, concept of a zombie. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about post Romero, um, some uh, different uh, movies mainly um, and other media that have been inspired. So the, so the main the main thing that I, I I got from from making this list is like, and you and I always talk about this. To me, in, in to George, the the zombie was always there as a vessel to tell a story. Mm-hmm. Um, and the best movies and any kind of media that that take the <laughs> introduced uh, that take the zombie and run with it are the ones who are telling a great story at the same time. Yeah, it's not yeah. just to see people die. Right. Um, so, like for instance, one on here, Shaun of the Dead by Edgar Wright. Mm-hmm. Um, he tells a great story with great characters that you love, and they're zombies. Um, the Walking Dead, you know, mm-hmm. while it to me was a roller coaster. It was a great story with great characters, and there mm-hmm. also happened to be zombies there. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. You know? And a lot of times in The Walking Dead, the uh, and, and that's why the apocalyptic setting is so important. A lot of times, I mean, the zombies are always a threat, but the real bad guys are usually other humans. Mm-hmm. The, you, the zombies, you just feel sorry for them, and they're normally used as tools by the actual bad guys. Right. So... Yeah. Um, so I don't know. Let's talk about these ones that you have on here because people might have heard of them. Um, well, we already talked about the Return of the Living Dead. Um, I've never heard of Zombie Two from Italy. <laughs> um, that's a fun one. It, it, um, he legit like loved uh, Dawn of the Dead so much that he wanted to make his own. And the weird thing about Fulci is he often would cast all these different ethnicities for um, uh, the actors, and they would do the lines in their native tongue huh. and then he would just do ADR oh. over it in whatever language you want. We'll do it in <laughs> for Italy. And so it made the movies kind of comical to yeah. me. But he was very good at setting an atmosphere and a tone and making his zombies kind of really gross and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it, it's a fun one, but it never would be a favorite. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the two, the two remakes that I've listed there, Night of the Living Dead from 1990, I think is a really solid remake. 
um, a lot of hands in there because Savini directed it. George had a lot behind the scenes that he was kind of puppet directing. It was like uh, he added to his original screenplay. Right. right. Yeah. Um, so I think that, it, like, it, while that first one is a classic, I think there's some that this, this remake kind of even um, improves on. Mostly the character of Barbara. I yeah. Think. Yes. Makes her she more was, of a hero than a catatonic, you know. She almost became a zombie, even though she was still alive. She was just, yeah, like you said, catatonic. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then, of course, there's the, the Dawn of the Dead remake with Zack Snyder, which, you know, we can talk about Zack Snyder. He's he's whatever, but it's it's fun. It, it brought zombies kind of back into the, to the, um, the forefront of culture, but it's never going to be anywhere close to what... Dawn of the Dead the whole opening days. sequence, though, Phenomenal. that stays with you. Phenomenal. You never forget yeah. that. <laughs> okay. And you've got some, you mentioned comics. Of course, The Walking Dead is a comic. you got some video games here, Dead Rising, the zombie modes of the Call of Duty series. I mean, yeah, just like every Call of Duty since, I don't know, probably like 10 years ago, will have a, a, a like kind of a never-ending wave of zombies. It's, and it's perfect for the video game medium. You just create all these zombie characters for your, you know, your guy to shoot at. I mean, it's it's kind of perfect for that, for the video game, you know, medium okay. and stuff. Yeah. That reminds me of something. One thing that I have heard people say as a, kind of a critique, but mainly just an explanation of why zombies are popular, um, is because it's a, zombie films, and I would think especially video games, are a way to um, take out aggression on something that is not human. Mm -hmm. And so it removes some of the the problem that you have with like a a war shooting game or whatever because zombies are not human. When you kill them, you're just putting them out of their misery because they're already dead. Mm -hmm. You know, so it's kind of like a low stakes way to just be like take out your violent urges, you know? And that makes sense In, in, in in a similar way to me. A zombie movie, while they're you know they can be very scary. Mm-hmm. Um, I I don't you know I know zombies aren't going to come and get me, so mm-hmm. like I can handle it more. And yeah. the violence against a zombie or from a zombie to a person, I can handle more than a person doing it to another person. Like yeah, a home invasion. Yeah, home invasion right. or you know the torture movies and stuff like that. Yeah, but something that I think we should bring up, um, and a reason why a lot of people don't like zombie movies is they can be extremely gross. I mean, yeah. there are scenes in The Walking Dead that I just I have to look away. I've gotten a little bit desensitized to mm-hmm. it, but and as special effects have gotten better, it's just gotten more disgusting. And usually, not brains, but entrails are what the zombies seem to <laughs> yeah. really enjoy eating. Right, especially in George's <laughs> movies, yeah. because you know he was very into the practical effects for that yeah. original. Trilogy, and then you notice he was using more and more uh, CGI in, in his in his second trilogy. Um, but yeah, I mean, and they were using real, you know, p- you know, pig entrails and things yes. in its hoof. You and know, by the way, we need to mention Tom Savini and Greg Nicotero. Tom Savini and Nicotero, yeah. Somebody's listening to this and they're saying, say Tom and Greg's name. <laughs> yeah, it would, we would be remiss if we didn't mention Greg Nicotero, yeah. Oh, and I did. Yeah, yeah. I want you to wait till the end of this, though, to talk about that stuff because okay. that's kind of like your. I'm going to ask you guys why you love this stuff so much. Okay. But, um, yeah, there was one other thing I was going to say about the gross. Oh, and in The Walking Dead. Um, because it's now like 10 years after the zombie apocalypse, the corpses have gotten way more decomposed. Mm-hmm. They're still walking around, but like their faces are falling off and a lot of them are practically skeletons by now. So that's another way that they've, um, been able to use a lot of disgusting special right. effects. Mm-hmm. So, um, uh, let's, you talked about Mark, how some of the, um, Romero movie, a lot of the Romero movies were allegories for things. Mm-hmm. What would you say today there could be several answers to this. Like, what, I mean, what 
what do zombies represent in our culture? Well, the thing is, is I would just love to see what he <clears throat> would have written about the times we're in, mm -hmm. you know, political. Um, I don't even know if he would want to write a, a zombie movie, like, if he knew what COVID was, mm -hmm. you know, like, yeah. things like that. But I just know that he had thoughts about everything that was going on in society up till the day he died. And he would have just made some very smart point. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't know if there's a filmmaker or a creator right now, and, and you know, I could be wrong, who who could who would use the zombie to make a statement like George would have. Mm -hmm. um, I think we're at a point in zombie pop culture where we're back to where we were in the 90s to the early aughts where nobody, there's not a voice making you know, zombie uh, fiction right now that can, we can go, wow, this is really, you know, smart and, and cutting. Um, so I don't, you know, I don't know what the point right now of a zombie would be, but I mean, clearly everything is there. You yeah. know, COVID spreading around like the, yeah. the like the, you know, all yeah. that stuff is right, is right for the making, but would it be appropriate right now because yeah. we're still in a pandemic? I don't right. know, you know? Yeah, that's really interesting. Yeah. I think just apocalypse in general has gotten over the past, well, like probably 20 years. I mean, people have been really interested in the idea of the end of the world and what would we do and all that kind of stuff. So I think this just kind of feeds into that. Right. So, yeah. Um, George started a book. Called started. the Living Dead. Okay, and he did not finish it, but uh, Daniel Krauss finished it, and I read it probably two years ago. Okay, and that kind of I don't want to give away a whole lot because somebody might want to read it, but it gives kind of an idea of what he was thinking for the future. Okay, mm -hmm. really interesting book, The Living okay. Dead, George Romero and Daniel Krauss. Without giving away the ending, can you tell us what some of the themes are? Do you, if you remember, it's okay. If you no, that's a bad thing. <laughs> yeah. I, if I remember, yeah. yes. I, I just be, be, remember being enthralled with that yeah. book. And uh, Daniel Krauss harkens back a lot to uh, characters in George's older movies. And okay. Like, I know who he's talking about. That's now, cool. Which is really kind of cool. But, cool. Um, yeah. I can't give okay. a lot of that's, okay. <laughs> that's okay. Yeah, I'm trying to, I'm now I'm blanking on. In Sam's Town, I think I mostly just use zombies. I don't. I had come up with those characters a long time ago, and I wanted to put them in a high stakes situation. And I just thought the zombie apocalypse is a very high stakes situation. And I don't know. There's some symbolism where my one character kind of feels like he's just sort of like stumbling around half dead, and then he has to find his will to live. So zombies were a good foil mm -hmm. to that. So yeah. All right. So, why don't you guys talk about why you love specifically George Romero? Um, Mark, you have this paragraph here that you can kind of draw from. Um, you want to go first, or? Uh, yeah, I mean, honestly, like I was kind of speaking very conversationally in this paragraph, but basically, you could tell right away from his his movies, um, both because you know George Romero made plenty of movies that don't have anything to do with zombies. Mm -hmm horror movies or non-horror movies just you know he made a lot of different things specifically like Knight Riders you talk about characters you love a story that's interesting and a group of people that he kind of carried with him for three decades or so of his career that always popped up in his movies you know you knew who was going to be behind and in front of the camera and you just kind of fell in love with this band you know this fun band of filmmakers mm -hmm. and that's what it was to me you know um, always, always a, characters you love, stories you love, 
and a really smart and interesting point that he was making in his movies, and that's why it's not just us. We're not, you know, two people speaking or three people speaking in a vacuum about George Romero. Like, everybody loves this guy, and this is why. You know, it resonates with everybody. He seemed like such a gentle soul, and for him to <laughs> create the movies he did, it's like, whoa, you can't believe that came out of his mind. Mm -hmm. But And these Living Dead weekends that we go to, people come from all over the mm -hmm. world. It's not just like people in southwestern Pennsylvania that mm -hmm. say, oh yeah, he was from around here, so yeah. technically, he went to school from around here. Yeah. Um, not, he wasn't born there, but... Um, yeah, it's the the camaraderie that always gets you. You're like, I remember that guy from another movie that he was yeah. in. You mm -hmm. know, that he uses the same people over and over again. Just testifies to the friendship he has with people. And you know where I'm going with this, but I always put George Romero and Adam Sandler. <laughs> <laughs> I always mention yeah. yeah, it's just like they they get along with this group of people and I'm bringing the gang back together again, you know, and I just think it's sweet on both of their parts. <laughs> yeah. Um, so at one of these conventions, um, one of the characters from Dawn of the Dead, um, Roger, played by Scott Reiniger, um, I went and, and met him, got a signature and got a picture with him and I was like literally shaking <laughs> to meet him and I was like, you know, it was just this crazy moment and, um, you know, if you walk past this dude on the street, you wouldn't know who he was. And then later on in his um, panel, discussion panel, he was like, I want to ask the audience a question. Why do you, 40 years later, still care? Mm -hmm. And I actually stood up and I said, because you guys are my, you guys were the Avengers to me. You guys were yeah. the super, you know, especially like the Cares and Dawn of the Dead because they were just like these four comic book heroes. Right. And I was like, yeah, you guys were Iron Man to me. Like mm -hmm. when I watched him when I was a teenager, like that's why. Like, and so getting to tell that person like you know why this movie resonates to me so much was like uh, it was awesome it was awesome yeah and I'm glad you mentioned that because I wanted to talk about the camaraderie obviously off screen that you guys talked about but it seems like in those stories it's usually not just one lone person against a horde of zombies They're, they always have to come together mm -hmm. you mentioned that earlier and I just want to say this again even though we kind of mentioned it it's, uh, it seems like George Romero uh, forefronted a lot of like women people of color people that in a, like your traditional horror movie would get killed first mm -hmm. you know he shows them surviving right so that's pretty cool yes uh, Lori Cardill you know star yeah. of Day of the Dead you gotta mention her and she yeah he specifically wanted to, and, and, and for in, in, like uh, Galen Ross and Dawn of the Dead um, was a precursor to that, you know. She was like, I'm not just, you know, Stephen's girlfriend. Like, I am one of the four, and I'm going to make decisions with you, that kind of thing. So Yeah, very cool. Okay, um, anything else you guys want to add? <laughs> this is your chance. <laughs> um, other well, other great Romero movies, non-zombie. Yeah. We, we talked about Night Rider, which is a, a, a motorcycle jousting movie. Mm -hmm. uh, Martin, which is about a, a teenage boy who thinks he's a vampire. A creep show everybody knows. What what am I missing? That is like it's like a standout. Oh, the Crazies is fun. Talk oh, about crazies, like yeah. small town, you know, virus going around. But yeah, yeah. just seek his stuff out. And again, I'm not you know everybody. Well, not everybody, but if you know movies and you know horror, you know this guy. But dig deep into his filmography and, and you know, you'll love what you see. One question that I like to ask is if somebody wants to get into George Romero and they don't know anything about anything, what was a good one to start with? 
Yeah, what did you say, Night of the Living Dead? Okay, right. I mean, that makes sense. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, it's his first movie. And then, you know, if you're like, okay, I only care about zombies, then just go along with yeah. the zombie movies. But if you're really digging it and you love these characters, that's when you go back to the, the Knight Riders and the Martins and all that mm-hmm. stuff and really get that, like, that good, deep stuff. The stuff he really... I don't want to say the stuff he really wanted to make, <laughs> but, like, the Knight, Knight Riders was the movie he wanted to make. Like, that was his his passion project and that's why I'll always beat the drum for Night Riders I haven't seen that you guys I need to see it you guys talk about it all the time it's very good <laughs> I would mention you have my copy but I think Sarah has it okay <laughs> well, I'll get you to mention it around maybe at Christmas okay um, one thing I will mention here because I think we should do a, a future episode about this but you George Romero has had, had done some collaborations with Stephen King at different times so right. we I think we're going to do a Stephen King episode Fine. at some point in the future so we can talk about that okay this has been good I learned some things um, and I'm sure many of our listeners, I hope some people listen to this that think that, that thought that they didn't like zombies and now after listening to this are going to check out Night of the Living Dead. So thank you guys. Definitely. This Thanks was a lot us. of fun and, uh, we'll do it again soon. Definitely. Great. All right.